What is going on and welcome to another episode of The Devil's Advocate. In this podcast, Tim and Jared have authentic conversation covering their faith, spirituality, and what it means to have a biblical worldview in a postmodern culture. Our goal is not always to agree, but to search truth together. Stick around. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Devil's Advocate. As always, I'm Tim, and with me is my co-host, Jared. Jared, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good, as always, Tim. Yeah, as always, huh? You said, as always, I am Tim. <laughs> so I'm glad that you're not changing from week to week. <laughs> hey, I could go by Timothy. I could go by, well, I guess it's That's only- fair. Couple options. My, I'm, yeah. I'm as always Jared, but that would make you not as always Tim. <laughs> Boy, wow, we're uh, starting early today, <laughs> man. Uh, well, before we start, I uh, have to say that uh, I have realized that people in general have lost their manners on the road. So before we uh, jumped on the show, I ran over to the pet store and I let somebody over, and then I. Uh, also waved uh, somebody over on two separate occasions. Neither one acknowledged me or waved in their mirror. And oh. uh, it infuriated me. I know it's really, So this really... isn't even like road rage. This is just straight up no manners. Yeah, yeah. You know, at least... Ro- I shouldn't say that because I, I know some bad things happen to road rage. But, you know, it's, it's, it's like uh, they saw me wave them over, so they obviously got over. But then they couldn't take the extra second to say, hey, appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Just a little thing. uh, Yeah, I think that. Yeah, road rage. That's we just watched a movie called. Do you remember Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser? Yeah, yeah. So we just rewatched that, and uh, it's funny because they're like totally wholesome. Like you know, it's funny because it's. I think it's he comes up out of the ground in like the '90s, right? And so even then, it's a different world, but. uh, he's just spouting off all this stuff from like the the 50s of, you know, uh, hey, manners are are the way that we show the people around us that we respect them. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because then it makes me want to do something not polite and I'm trying to be better on, uh, on like that and not have my little uh, outburst on the road. I'm usually such a mild mannered guy, but when I get behind the wheel, I don't I, I don't know. I just tend to get a little more aggressive in general. There's got to be some deep psychology behind that because I think the same thing that makes people aggressive on the road is the same thing that makes people aggressive on social media. Oh, oh, you know what? You could be right because I, I have been getting a little testy on social media lately. Because it, it's like this idea of if I'm behind the wheel, there's actually a gap between me and you. And so I, I act differently than I would if I was face-to-face. The same thing with the computer screen. I think that we do and we say things online that we probably wouldn't say directly to a person's face if we were sitting in the room with them. Okay, then let me pose this to you. If I were to get out of my car and close the gap, would that not be seen as being more aggressive? Well, at that point, I think that you've, you've, you've moved beyond the, the normal state of, of things, and you've decided to make that next step. So it's like, if I'm being overly aggressive online and someone says, all right, well, let's get together and have a conversation, you might be the kind of person that says, yeah, let's get together, let's duke this thing out, whereas someone else would be like, whoa, okay, I didn't mean for it to go that far. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, 
Well, hey, man, like I said, I don't know if there's studies behind it. This is just my idea. No, it's based on what you've seen and perception. So I, I think there's some validity to that. Yeah. Anyways, what have you been up to? Uh, today in particular or just in general? Since we last talked, just pretty front down. Oh, man. Well, uh, I think we talked a little bit about me picking up some free grass last time. So I got that installed. So that's nice. exciting. So we have a fourth of our front lawn done. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really, it's funny because, <laughs> I mean, you go out and you look at it and you're like, that's what, What's wrong with these people? Why do they Why do they only buy one fourth of their lawn? <laughs> Just tell people. People are always asking me what my five year plan is. Now you've already got your answer. It's all right. Every year we're gonna find a quarter of our lawn free grass and get it installed. And in four years we'll have a full lawn in front. It'll all be different types of grass, but that's okay. It'll all grow together eventually, right? Yeah. Are you Are you gonna like post updates every time you get another quarter? Oh, maybe I should. I think that would probably be a good thing to do. Uh, that's funny. But I couldn't pass it up. It was like 15 minutes from our house. All I had to do was drive. The guy forklifted onto the back of the truck, so I didn't even have to load it. Um, oh, and it was all nice. completely free. So, And then we got, I mean, we actually my brother-in-law and I were going around and finding like old potting soil that wasn't being used <laughs> and just dumping it on the front so that we had some sort of topsoil. My dad has a rototill, so I just used it and rototilled it all in. We flattened it out, and boom. There you go. Now, all you, it took was an afternoon of labor. Yeah. Yeah. Now uh, you just need four more afternoons like that and three more, I guess. And you'd be three good to go. Three more afternoons and three more people that bought too much sod. There you go. I, I believe it'll happen. Yeah. Probably not till spring, though. Probably not till spring, but <laughs> hey, that's okay. We're getting this one nice and watered, so. There you go. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, man, if, uh, if you're ready, we can uh, just jump right into it and uh, bring up our, our next topic, if you're cool. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So today, I kind of wanted to talk about something that uh, you know pops into my mind from time to time is uh, this idea that all you have to do is um, accept uh, Christ and you can get to heaven. Um, and the reason I... I uh, I think about that is because in today's climate, and we were just talking about how aggressive people can be on social media and whatnot, um, I think I'm seeing people for the first time with their true colors, um, and uh, I think that there's a lot of good people out there that don't believe in God, that have done a lot more for um, our world in general than some Christians out there who... who you know, really give Christianity uh, a bad name. And uh, I'm just, I'm struggling with that this week. And so I figured I would throw that at you. Sure. Um, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of stuff that we can't know for sure, right? And one of the things is, is what does it mean to believe, right? Uh, James actually says, even the demons believe uh, in, and, and they shudder, right? They believe that Jesus is who he says he is. They believe that he exists they believe uh, they believe all of these things, but they're not being saved just because they believe it. And so, uh, yes, I, I know that the scripture is, you know, uh, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. And so, uh, the the thing is, is you can't just pull out one scripture and then say, hey, that's what everything is, right? You have to read everything in context. Uh, the Bible is actually a cohesive book that works together. Um, and so when I, when I think of believe, uh, I, I don't think of just acknowledging existence. 
I think believe means I'm ready to lay down my life and surrender myself to follow uh, something other than myself. So uh, when I say I believe in Jesus, I'm saying I believe that God's way is actually better than my way, and I am going to do my best to follow that way. That God is now God of my life, and I'm no longer God of my life. Um, and so that's different than saying, uh, acknowledging, yes, God believe, I believe that God exists, but whatever, I'm going to do whatever I want anyway. Okay, so so what would you say about, you hear all these stories about uh, um, people who've done horrendously bad things and have accepted Christ on their deathbed. Sure. Um, I, do you think, uh, you know, based on what you said, um, is there any truth to that? Is, is that, I mean, what I'm sure, trying to say I, is can they live a, I, a, go ahead. I think it's got to be, I mean, I, I, I don't think it matters I mean, it matters as long as it happens that you're alive, but uh-huh. I think at whatever point in your life that it happens, uh, if it's genuine and authentic of, yes, I want to surrender my life to God and, and acknowledge that He is Lord of my life, that word Lord is really important, right? Uh, Lord means that you are now ruler over me. Um, and uh, I mean, the prodigal son, right? That's the the, the famous story in, in Scripture is... a. The two sons, you know, are you familiar with that, Tim? Yeah, 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 vaguely. So, so yeah, so basically it's a, a guy, a rich guy that has two sons, and uh, they're going to get inheritance, and one of the, the sons says, hey, uh, I want my inheritance now, and so the father gives it to him, and he leaves, and he goes off into the world and, uh, you know, s- spends all of his money and ends up basically living in a pig trough. Um, and at some point says, man, my life sucks. I'd rather be my, my father's servant than live with pigs. And so he goes back home and uh, with the intention of, hey, I'm just going to work for my dad. But as soon as the son comes home, the dad comes running out to him and he accepts him back and he ends up having this big party for him, right? And so the, the odd thing about that story is you have the other son that's been there the whole time and he ends up getting jealous and upset because he's like, well what about me, dad? Like, I've been here the whole time. Where's my party? And the dad says to him, look, everything that I have is already yours. Uh, so what are you complaining about? Um, and so, yeah, it, it it doesn't seem fair in our eyes that someone would live a life uh, uh, not following God, and then at, on their deathbed, they would accept Jesus, and they would get in just uh, barely escaping eternal death where someone else, you know, maybe they come to know Jesus and they give their whole life to, to, to following Jesus. But honestly, if we believe that God knows best for us, wouldn't the person who's known Jesus their entire life, that their life would actually have been better than the person who didn't? Uh, now, if we, we judge it from worldly standards, if we say, oh man, the person following Jesus didn't have money or didn't have all of the things that the world says is valuable, but this other person did, uh, but I think that it, it, it's easy to look at those people that, that have the things that the world puts value in, and they, they still aren't satisfied, right? Um, they're sure, still not, sure. Yeah. They're still not fulfilled in their life. And so, which is actually better, uh, living a life with God saying, God, you know what's better, or living a life without God saying, I know what's better. Um, and then ultimately, we're both here for a really short time anyway, um, when it comes to eternity, uh, we're not, you know, it's a short space of time. So uh, my whole point to all of that is to say uh, we can't get upset one way or the other. The point is, is that 
God has given us the opportunity uh, to turn to Him now, and that we have to trust that if God is who He says He is, and if He loves us the way that He says He does, then actually surrendering my life to Him now is going to be better off than waiting. Um, and, and we don't have a guarantee of tomorrow anyway. So, right. uh, I mean, I can get in my car and, and, and go to the store, and someone can T-bone me, and I'm gone. So uh, there's just, we never have a, a guarantee. And, and our our idea of what is good and what is bad and, and what is right and what is wrong is skewed based on our culture. It's skewed based on our own experiences. It's skewed based on what the world teaches us uh, to be true. And so even our understanding of, of good and bad and right and wrong is messed up. And so all of that to say, when I surrender and say, Jesus, you're now Lord of my life, I'm saying, uh, you know what? I don't have all the answers, and, and what I think is right uh, may not actually be right. And so I'm going to put my trust in you rather than putting my trust in myself or my government or my world. Uh, and uh, if that means, uh, if I genuinely care about other people, don't I want other people, no matter how good or bad their life was, uh, to have that opportunity to to know love and know truth and, and be able to live eternity uh, in a place that is going to be better for them? And I get that. The hard part for me is uh, that last question that you just asked is if we're being completely honest, uh, like I said, we'd be on here is uh, I still feel anger. Like maybe that's just the, the human side yeah. of it. But, you know, I if I see somebody that's giving just as much as somebody else in anything and mm-hmm. one person seems to be reaping all the benefits of that mm-hmm. and the other person doesn't seem to, it, uh, I'm created with a human mind, and so my human sure. mind's going to say that that that's not fair, and I don't, I can't understand how a God would allow that to happen. Yeah. Do you think it's bad to get mad? I, I don't think it's bad to get mad. I think it's. Um, how do you feel about rhyming? <laughs> uh, I love rhyming, <laughs> but uh, I, I, oh, I get what you just did there. Whoosh, yeah. Went over my head for a second, but uh, no, I, I, I find myself. Um, uh, figuring out sometimes how to express myself a little bit on here, trying to be honest, but also being respectful of the people that are going to listen to us. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting sure. mad or frustrated. I just don't know what to do with it. Right. It? So yeah. I know that the, I mean, obviously the first brother and the prodigal son, he was mad, right? Yeah. He's like, that's that's not fair. Uh, there, Jesus gives a parable uh, of people who are working in the field, right? And uh-huh. so... Uh, at the beginning of the day, a guy shows up and he says, hey, I'll give you a job. I'll give you $10 for, for working with me. Or we'll say $100, okay? $100 for the day for working with me. And then at you know 10 o'clock, someone else shows up and he says, I'll give you $10 to work with me. And then in the afternoon, 2 o'clock, someone else shows up. He says, I'll give you... Sorry, I went back to 10. It should all be 100. I'll give you 100 bucks to work with me. And then we're, we're going to stop working at 5 o'clock. Someone shows up at 4 o'clock. And uh, he says, hey, you want a job? I'll give you 100 bucks to work this next hour. And uh, basically, at the end of the day, the guy who is there all day feels like, man, I deserve more. I've been here all day. And, and the, the guy who's given out the $100 says, well, didn't we agree on $100 from the get-go? Um, and the guy's like, yeah. He's like, well, then you don't have anything to complain about. Now, that doesn't answer your question to... Uh, man, what do I do with my anger? Because I guarantee right. you that guy right. is going home feeling like, dude, that sucks. I worked all day long, and I got the same amount as a guy that only worked for an hour. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't feel fair. And so my answer to that question is, 
I don't know. Okay. No, <laughs> I, I don't know. That. I don't know why. Honestly, I have no idea yeah. why God says, but I can tell you this, uh, what God gives us in eternity is going to be way better than anything we could ever expect or, or dream of. And so I don't want to miss out on it just because I don't think it's fair. Um, sure, sure. And, and, and also, I don't want to think poorly of another human being and say, whatever, you didn't show up in time, so I don't want you to get as much. Um, be, you know, or I don't want, really, that's either, if you think of it less as an amount and more as either you get it or you don't, then that right. kind of changes things, right? Um, so either you get to go into eternity, uh, everlasting life, or you get to go into everlasting death. And if those are the only two options, to me, I don't care when you show up, I'm going to let you in. Right. No, and I and so I've thought about that because then I think then, well, if I'm just weighing it based off of those two options, um, how much am I really vested in in faith or in God? Right. Like if if I'm only sure. choosing God because I don't want everlasting death, then that's just me picking the better of two options. Right. That's not me like devoting my life to Christianity or trying to be better. That's just me saying I know I don't want to. Mm-hmm die so then you yeah. end up like like i feel like i am like there's a lot of people who've accepted christ um but they don't walk the faith near as much as someone like like i guarantee your walk with christ and my walk with christ and you know other people they're all different right um sure and so it, it it's like uh you know is that really valid then if 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 i did it just because i didn't want everlasting death mm-hmm yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, I think that that's a normal question to ask. I think okay. that that's a uh, a part in someone's faith journey that they always ask. I mean, okay. I've asked that question certainly several times, and 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 you know, I mean, our our walk with with Christ goes in seasons, right? You'll have a season that feels really good, and then you're going to have a season that feels really bad. Does right. that mean you're more or less saved in one season or the other? I would say no, because Jesus saves me because of what he did on the cross, not because of what I do. Um, and so ultimately, uh, as long as I put my faith in him and I sit, it, it's that declaration of who's Lord is really what it comes down to. Whether I follow that um, as best as I think I ought or not, ultimately it, it, it's a heart issue of do I, do I want to believe and do I want to follow or do I not? And so, uh, are there going to be people that are deceived because they think they are follow? Well, because they say, I believe in Jesus, but I choose not to follow him. I think that there will be. Um, but ultimately God has to judge the heart because I don't know. Sure. Um, I don't, I don't know if you heard recently the dude from Hillsong, New York, um, just, uh, it's just another one of these big churches where, uh, the main leader ha- had an affair and is now. I did see down. that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't read it, but I did see yeah. that on there. Yeah, that's so crazy. Does, so if he falls like that, uh-huh. does that mean that everything that he's done is no longer valid? Does that mean that he is no longer a Christian because he uh, f- became a human and and messed up? Um, and I, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I get what you're saying there. I, I guess from from an outside world perspective, right? 
um, like uh, somebody who didn't grow up in the church, someone who, uh, you know, already has a judgment on uh, Christianity from what they see on TV or whatnot. How do you, how do you um, bring that full circle to somebody? And because I, from an outside looking in, it's, you can choose to follow God. You can choose not to follow God. It's happenstance as to whether you have a really, really great and pain-free life um, or, uh, you know, you have a, a miserable kind of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, life where, where there's no trajectory moving yeah. uh, forward. And, and how do you reconcile that to somebody? Yeah, and, and the reality is there, too, that good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Yeah. And it's all circumstantial. And so what we have to understand is... Uh, so Paul, uh, man, I can't tell you where he says this. Um, Paul in, in the New Testament, the author, uh, says, uh, you know, I've learned what it is to be content when I have stuff, and I've learned what it is to be content when I don't have stuff. And what we have to uh, understand yeah. is is uh, when I'm when I'm walking with Jesus, the things that I think matter don't matter anymore. And the things that uh, I didn't think mattered very much all of a sudden matter a lot. And, and that's a hard transformation to go through because our world is completely contradictory to what, what, what God says we need to be satisfied. Um, so, you know, we're looking yeah. for likes on, likes on Facebook and Instagram. We're looking for um, people to acknowledge how, how awesome we are, how good we look, or... Uh, to pat us on the back for our accomplishments or to give us more money or to, you know, fill in the blank. And I think ultimately what, what Jesus wants to us to get to is a place where we're content with having stuff, we're content with not having stuff. As long as we have Jesus, we're okay. Um, and I, I don't know that everybody can can come to that place and say, you know what, if you took everything away from me, at least I still have Jesus. They would a lot of people would I I think would approach it in uh, I want to have Jesus but I also want to have all of this other stuff and if you take it away from me I'm going to be ticked off yeah um, yeah and and so I think that that's the journey that we're on right is we're getting to the place where we can confidently say Jesus is enough you know it sounds so simple but uh, you know I I I'm pretty sure I'd be guilty of it um, oh sure I, I, know. I call it the simple complexity of the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, because it's like it's easy, right, to say that um, that uh, I can be content with just God, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm also surrounded by a house that protects me. Uh, I've got mm-hmm. food. I've got a job. I've got all the comforts of life, and I've never known any less. So yeah, you know, it's that's one thing that's always scared me. Is uh, you know, I, I know we're going off on a tangent a little bit, but my idea of what my faith, what I think my faith is compared to what it really is. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I would act if everything was taken away from me. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know what I would do. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened to Job, right? I mean, that's the whole book of Job. That was the first book that my wife, Christiana ever read was the book of Job. And it ticked her off like no other. She's yeah. like, God is stupid. I don't like him. I don't want anything to do with him. Why would he allow that to happen to somebody? Yeah, yeah uh, it's a, 
Very and I didn't have action. a good answer, and I still don't <laughs> have a good answer. I yeah. wish that I did. I wish I understood all the things uh, of why God does the things that he does the way that he does it, and I don't. Um, I just have to trust that uh, his ways are, are better than my ways and that he knows better than I do, um, and that ultimately in the end as i put my faith in him and i do my best to follow him and my and i do my best to keep my heart right in him that uh that i'm going to see the fruit of that pour out in my life yeah yeah man let me let me ask you something cuz you asked me a little bit ago and i answered and i and i didn't turn it around on you but you asked me if it if i thought it was okay to get mad, right? And and talking about things like this. Uh, My question to you as a pastor, and if I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, you can tell me, but what do you do when you run into things that frustrate you in the scripture or or in your walk? I mean, what, how how do you, how do you find peace when you're you're Uh, dwelling on something like this? I throw things to the wall and I shoot my guns. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. No, um, (laughs) Yeah, for a long time, actually, I think because of my temperament, I thought that it was wrong to get mad at God. And then when I met Christiana, and she was like, so my temperament is, you say it to me, and I don't understand it. I will say, okay, I don't get it, but I trust you. And so I'll do it anyway. Uh, Christiana's temperament says, I don't get it, and I'm not going to do it until you explain to me why. And there so, we go. Yeah. Uh, and so, early on in our marriage, I'm, she was like, "Nope, I don't get it. I don't like it. I reject that." I'm like, "You can't do that." Like, <laughs> the, I'm like looking around for the lightning bolts to come shooting out of the sky, you know? Uh, but they never did. Right. And 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 what we've done with each other in our faith walk is, I've helped Christiana come more to the middle, to the place where uh, she's able to say, "I don't." I don't get it, but I'm going to trust God in this, even though I don't understand. And what she's helped me to do is to openly admit, I don't understand this and I don't like it. And so God, wow. uh, you need to help me understand this because I don't I don't like it. Um, and to actually be okay. I mean, uh, Jacob wrestled with God, right? Um, and honestly, what I think Jesus does for us is he brings that balance in our life and he's not looking for us to be religious. He's not looking for us to be morally perfect all the time. That that's a bad you're setting yourself up for failure if you're doing that. It it just it's an expectation that you can't ever hit. Okay. I think ultimately what all this is for is Jesus says, or really God says, "Man, I want to have a genuine authentic relationship with you. Will you will you have a relationship with me?" Um, and then we can walk through the ebb and flows of that relationship. Um, and to me, that that ultimately is what, what God is looking for. And so when we say, I, I, I put Jesus Lord of my life, it's me saying, I believe in you, and I want to engage in a relationship with you in order to understand the things that I don't understand. Wow. And, no, I'm glad you you said that. That uh, that just hit home in a bunch of different ways. And uh you know, maybe they'll come up in some of the other podcasts. I don't uh, think but, your baby yeah. likes what I had to say. Oh, I, I've got my headphones on. I couldn't even hear the uh, the baby. <laughs> Were you picking up the baby in the background? Uh, I, I hear somebody crying. They're not uh, happy. They're probably, not happy with my answer. I uh, get it. Yeah, it's probably not my wife, but uh, that's fine. We'll, we'll <laughs> no, just edit it's her definitely out. A, 
Yeah, if, if she sounds like that, that that would be very. I don't know. Uh, no, no, no. Um, man, as always, I love having these talks, and uh, I I love that uh, I can talk to somebody um, that is okay saying they don't know sometimes, um, and uh, especially you know. And I I hate to say it like this, Jared, because I know you don't put yourself on a pedestal or anything like that, but you know, people have a certain perspective on pastors or people in the church. And it's just really refreshing to be able to throw some things at you and get an honest perspective. But, um, also sometimes you say, I, I don't have it all figured out, you know, and I think, you know, that that shows Mm -hmm. other people that that's okay. Um, so I appreciate that. And, And there's a balance, right? I mean, scripture also tells people who are leaders to live a life that is above reproach, right? Yeah. Don't let them find things that are wrong with you. And so you're you're doing your best to do that, but then it's kind of hypocritical. That's the thing that drives Christiana the most crazy is uh, when we put on a church face and act one way when we're around Christian people, right. and then we go home and we act completely different. And yeah. uh, she's like, I don't understand that. Like that, we we should be the same everywhere that we go. And so the trouble with that is you can you can turn that into, oh, well, I should just be an idiot everywhere, when really it should have the flip, right? <laughs> right? Really what it should be is, man, if that's how you are at church, really that's how you should act at home as well. Yeah. Um, and it should be influencing how you are all the time, as opposed to when you're in a, a certain location. Uh, that's actually, we can talk about this sometime too in, in the future, but that's the, one of the things that drives me crazy is when people put... Uh, extra emphasis on a building. Uh, Like the whole reason Jesus came was so that uh, when we accept him into our lives, that we are now the temple. Jesus now dwells within me as a person. And so everywhere I go, I am the church. Um, And so when we put a special emphasis on a particular location, I think we're we're almost lessening what Jesus did on the cross for us. And so oh, yeah. uh, we can we can talk about that more later, but that that's one of those pet peeves that I have is is putting an extra emphasis on on any particular place. Well, man, I uh, I think we should make that uh, the subject of the next episode. It, we haven't stumbled onto a uh, pet peeve like this of yours yet, so I think we should explore <laughs> it more. Cool. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, my man. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you, as always. Uh, This is fun. I can't wait to do it again. And uh, I'll be on here with you next week. (laughs) 